0: the Hanford Dixon show with the top dog (laughs) and we're alongside former NFL coach and Super Bowl champ Greg Williams
1: hello hello hello
0: always appreciate you being around um all right fellas what where do you want to start kind of a disappointing time for the Browns (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, it was, but I was going to say, before you start talking about that, you know, Coach, you said Super Bowl champ. I mean, Coach have those rings and those diamonds and just uh, blind us every <laughs> he does. every he week, them you know. But again, I'll have to say, I am not mad at him. I am not mad at him. Boy, yesterday was horrible. I mean, we're going to get into this, and Coach and I, we're going to break this, and Gab, we're going to break this thing down, but absolutely horrible it's
0: true like we will have time to go a little more in depth because i know we've got we've got so much to break down truthfully um but I, before we get super into it hanford i know you were running around all game they have you doing all kinds of stuff give us just a little rundown of what you had to do
2: well let me guys let me tell you guys this it was just a absolutely crazy day for me obviously we start off early we do our uh pregame show live right there on the field and uh uh, it, it's so funny watching uh, all the guys and everybody come uh, in and out of the stadium and down on the uh, deck. And your guy for yesterday, I think he had a shirt on yesterday. Talking oh, yeah. about yeah. Njoku. <laughs> He <laughs> Hey, uh, you want to hear something weird? No, I he mean, came in listen shirtless to this, still. Listen to this. And, and I, I'm glad I jumped on this, uh, Coach. Najoku walks in the stadium, mm-hmm. okay, and it was absolutely scary to me. I His mean, mask. did you see that? Like, what
1: movie was that that they wear that uh, mask that he had on?
2: I, mean, I don't
0: know what movie that was from. Did you see it, Coach? You know, not I, only
1: was he very not very smart about getting around the fire, but on top of that, is did he think it was Halloween? <laughs>
0: It's unbelievable.
1: I saw him coming down there with a the mask on and everything.
2: And, and, and obviously, you know, we're not laughing at what happened. I mean, we were glad he's okay. But, man, the only thing you could see was his white eyeballs yeah. sticking out of this. Uh, but think
0: about it. We're into October. Plus, he probably didn't want to reveal the extent of his injuries just yet and have people, you know, speculate. I don't know. He kind of – I thought it was kind of a smooth move. You know, he's well, playing off ask the you Halloween this. vibes. Uh,
1: and the weather in Cleveland in October – do you wear a fur coat?
0: It's so hard to tell, Coach. Oh, like, in the God. beginning of the morning, you wear <laughs> oh, the fur coat. Oh,
1: my gosh. Oh.
2: And that's why
0: he did the shirtless with the fur coat, because, yeah. you know, it gets a little hot and then it gets a little cold. Yeah. Well,
2: well, getting back to yesterday, I don't know how I got on David Njoku, but I just had to mention that. But it was <laughs> I was tired yesterday after the game. I hit about four sweets, but, you know, I did something that was really, really nice yesterday. Uh, University Hospital had um, this young man, Mandel i think uh was his name and the, the guy is suffering you know he's got prostate cancer and uh went and presented him with two super bowl tickets and just to uh watch the expression on his face and i said big dog these are for you these are for you and he looked at me and he shook my hand and he said, Mr. Dixon, thank you. I said, no, not Mr. Dixon's hand for to you, big dog. And uh, that made me feel really, oh, good. really good. But overall, other than that, it was just a long day running from sweet to sweet to sweet, doing everything that we had to do.
0: That's cool. I love it when you guys can give back. I know both of you are, are big people who give back. And I knew you were tired today. You know why? Because you showed up in flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> my guy my guy didn't even have the energy to put on <laughs> socks today.
1: I noticed that, too. I was just shaking my head. Wow. Hey, Coach, I could take
2: it from her. Yeah, but come it. on. Oh don't you ju- Coach, oh. don't feed into it with oh. her, please.
0: Uh, we'll be back right after this. Thanks so much for watching. Welcome back to the Hanford Dixon Show with the Top Dog, and we're also joined by Greg Williams. Thank you, as always. Such a pleasure. We've got a lot to chat about, fellas. Yes, we do. Maybe the first is, who's to blame? I know this is where everybody's going on Twitter. We could point the finger a few places here. Is it Stefanski's play calling? Is it the fact that Deshaun decides last minute he can't play? Should DTR have been more prepared? What are your initial thoughts?
1: I would say that uh, you hit, almost all of them, and it's not ever just one thing. But from a coach, 40 years doing the coaches, I look at myself first, okay, and uh, the preparation, getting people ready to roll, understanding all the what-ifs ahead of time, not the what-ifs after time. you got to make sure you've gone through those type of things, um but they they battled the injury thing they battled the thing all of a sudden happened to you know change the format from Deshaun playing to Deshaun not playing but that's all got to be done in the week of preparation too all those things have got to be done you know and the one thing that as i see the biggest thing is is that the young man DTR you know hasn't been in a in a real fist fight in a phone booth until <laughs> yesterday preseason has nothing close to to the competitive spirit and the competitive uh, toughness that goes on during a regular season game. Now, this is a divisional game. This game counts twice as important. Really, it's 1.5 of importance on wins and losses. So how do you go about making sure from a coaching standpoint that DTR is feeling very comfortable? And uh, I just thought that, you know, we could have probably done a better job on making sure that we spend more time on his strengths and okay, let the rest of the veterans, let the rest of the other people set the tone for the game, but not put it all on his lap to start with. And I think that could have been a, a better thing to, to do.
2: I'm going to agree with you guys. Uh, I think we can. I think we can hit about four areas. Uh, the reason why we lost this game, and I think I'm going to start with Stefanski because when you look at this football team, uh, obviously this football team was not ready to play uh, in all three phases: offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, and you look on the other side of the aisle. I mean Harbaugh. I mean he had those guys ready to go because uh, I think. Uh, Going into this ball game, they were missing something like six starters or maybe more. Yes, they were. And it didn't affect them. They came out ready to play. Uh, Another guy I'm going to talk to, you guys talked about DTR. I think, uh, obviously, and Coach, you hit it right on the head. I mean, and and when I say DTR, by no means am I ready to get rid of this guy. I think he's a promising young kid from UCLA. I think he's going to be okay at the quarterback position. But when the bullets are flying for Mm -hmm. real – It's just a totally, totally different game. And this guy, I think he connected on only like 50, uh, I have it here, 52.8% of his throws. And uh, his numbers, when you look at it, I mean, he had three interceptions. And I am really shocked that this kid did not get hurt yesterday Mm -hmm. because – uh, when you look at it Baltimore didn't spare anything they just reared back and they came at him and you look at Stefanski a lot of those sets were what we call empty sets where there were nobody coach in the uh, backfield not a back or anybody to uh, help him another thing I think the offensive line have to share some of this blame mm-hmm. I mean obviously they didn't throw the three interceptions but they didn't get anything going uh, up front. I mean, those guys, especially coming to my uh, the run game. I mean, we really needed, Coach, the run game yesterday, and that didn't get going. Baltimore and their defense, they came out, and I they set the tone for this game. But those are the four areas I think really, really, really. And, Coach, check this out. You, they had a linebacker. Rokhan, uh Smith, and let me tell you guys something. This guy came out, as you guys know, before the game, and he – in a game like this, you don't need what we call bulletin material. The coach hit it right on the head when he said this is a big game. This game counts as, count as two games. He came out and said what they were going to do, and I'm telling you, him and uh, Patrick Queen, those two guys, oh, my God. They
1: were – coach, they were all over the place – Yesterday. They set the tone, there's no doubt about that. And the environment has to be set in the locker room, has to be set in the week of preparation. When you get to Sunday, it's not an accident. It's not. A surprise that how you prepared all week long this is how it's going to be and both of those guys i i, I agree with you hand both of those guys were had their you know hair on fire and playing always sideline to sideline and again how do we go about making sure we understand don't turn the ball over okay don't shorten the field and then in those type of situations, you know and I call this a sudden change philosophy, and I've always taken great pride in, in in having the defenses really good in those situations is you've got to be able to force field goals and not allow touchdowns after a turnover by your offense. If the field's short or the field's long, the momentum that they believe they just got because of a big defensive play, OK, triggers the offense to go ahead and finish. So what we have to do on the sideline, and I have a mantra that we have to go through, is that we do not complain at anything at all. We don't look anything at all bad about the offense or whatever. But we circle up. And I have a coach assigned that circles them up like it's pregame warm up, and we're going to take and and we're going to break that huddle and we're staring at them, thinking that, that maybe you think that you got a shorter field now. You think you have momentum. Uh uh-uh, uh, come get some. Here we go. <laughs> and when we break the huddle, it starts that way by making them kick a field goal. And then I say, now go block the field goal. Okay? Yeah. They're not going to give up any points after these turnovers.
2: Well, that, that, that's an interesting point, too, because uh, I remember uh, one of the turnovers, I think, with Lamar. He was trying to hand the ball off and he fumbled the football. And that defense from Baltimore yeah. came out there. And I'm telling you, on the mm-hmm. first play, going back to Roca and Smith again, Coach, you talked about set the tone. Mm-hmm. You talk about don't worry about the turnover, but you have to go out and you have to make sure they don't get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. If they're going to get anything, mm-hmm. they're going to get three points, and that that's it. That guy came out, and I'm telling you, he hit – I think it was Ford he hit. He hit Ford during that play – and I'm telling you, Gab, he set the tone right off the bat, and that's what they
1: did. We lost 16 yards on that possession to kick a field goal.
2: Wow. Okay, Kept We lost back.
1: 16 yards and kicked a field goal because of the attitude and the intensity set forth by here comes the defense saying, we don't care where we have to play. Where it is on the field, now it's our blade of grass, and he did a great job of that. And I'm going to tell you one more, Gabby, and I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. I know we got to go. I'm going to
2: tell you one more who we're going to get back, and we're going to talk to a little bit more about. He didn't get any sacks, but Clowney, a lot of pressure yesterday, and he was everywhere.
0: Great. You know what? We'll be right back after this. We'll talk about the defense a little bit more, too, and we're going to bring in our fan reaction of the game. Welcome back to the Hanford-Dixon show. We are with the top dog, of course, and Greg Williams. Let's talk a little bit more about the defense briefly here, guys. Um, Do you think that Baltimore exposed anything, or this is just a result of fatigue being out there for so long because they finally looked a little human?
1: Well, I would say this is that uh, the the thing that I noticed that is not characteristic of Jim or anything you want to do on defense, I say Jim, Jim Schwartz, is that uh, they gave up a few chunk plays, Okay, a few bigger, you know, a few explosive plays here the other day. But, uh, you know, when you take a look statistically, you you hold them under 300. Uh, They're only 33% on third down. They're still four for 12, but there's still quite a few things that was very good defensively, but only got the one takeaway, okay, and um, only got the, what, three sacks, I think. So being able to set – Baltimore back into some longer down and distances uh, that they've been doing a very good job was was not as easy I thought uh, Todd Munkin did a good job on keeping them in the regular down and distances to be able to take some shots down the field and um, yeah they were on the field quite a while and I think that
2: um, as far as that takeaway he'll we, they gave us that. I mean, it was nothing that yep. we did to uh, create that uh, turnover. And I think when you look at it, the whole thing, I think Lamar Jackson just had a stellar ball game. Uh, i think everything was around him he, he was he, i think he contributed on he contributed to like uh, f- on four of the touchdowns he, he had something to do with it mm-hmm. and uh this guy connected on 79% of his throws i mean he was just absolutely awesome and he just took the game over i think uh and they and where they really hurt us too i think uh, they were able to uh run the football on us before this ball game coach and uh I know you agree with me here. Our defense was pretty much uh, right across the board number one on pretty much all the categories Mm -hmm. until this game. I mean, after this game, they just went out and they pretty much uh, did everything they wanted to do on
1: us. I agree, and I thought that uh, Todd Munkin, who's, you know, again, he and I have been on the same staff together before, that's the new coordinator there at the Ravens. I thought he did a very good job of attacking uh, some areas and also giving Lamar some very good – down in distance throws you know not letting not having Lamar hold the ball very long okay and uh, sometimes again when Lamar does hold the ball very long is when you, you give up the sacks you give up the fumbles that kind of stuff but they had a really good plan on getting it out of his hand quickly but the ability to run the football kind of concerned me a little bit on being able to win the line of scrimmage because I think we're a really good team here at Cleveland on dominating the line of scrimmage, but we got knocked back a little bit. Well, when you listen to Jim, he
2: emphasized all the time playing fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I I think they, uh, again, it goes back to their game plan mm-hmm. because uh, I think a couple of times you see those defensive ends getting up field and they had, Seemed like he had the
1: right play call
2: at the right time to take advantage of that.
1: It did, and it being able to escape inside the force player, because as you know, the force player is keeping the ball condensed, keeping them in and trapped. But they had step-up lanes inside to be able to avoid the open-field tackles. But yes, they were up the field a little bit, and you know, sometimes that's a bad guess. They're guessing it's pass when it's a run, and you got to be able to have a counter, and every single that counter has to happen on the first or second step when I guessed wrong when it's not a pass.
0: Let's get our fan reaction of the game. We'd like to bring in JT Montrose of Montrose Auto Group. Any initial thoughts and maybe a question for the guys?
3: Well, uh, initial thought, it was the most Brownsian type of Sunday <laughs> y- you could have. All the hype, you know, an opportunity to take over first place in the division, and we fall flat on our face. And, it, it, you know, I'm sitting there watching it yesterday, and as the game unfolded, you know, obviously it was it was very apparent the defense got gassed quickly. But from a naive, I'm a baseball guy at heart, so I, I never was around football at a high level like you were, Coach, and, and obviously you, Hanford. And I, the only question I can really think of is, you guys know, did the coaching staff set up? DTR to perform at a high level? Because it did not seem like it yesterday outside of maybe that the first initial two or three plays in that first drive. I mean, from there, it was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. He looked lost. And the kid's way too talented. Go ahead, Han. Well, I, you know, I, I
1: said before
2: the game, I said the game is not too big for DTR. I didn't think the game was too big for him. But obviously, I know there were going to be some growing pains. I mean, uh, uh, preseason is a lot different than the regular oh, yeah. season. I mean, this guy, uh, I, I mean, they had him running for his life out there. What I liked and I felt pretty good about, they said during the week, I mean, I guess they had some kind of an inclination that he was not that uh, – uh, Deshaun was not gonna start so all the reps and practice coach uh, they gave them to a uh, DTR he took all the reps so but that does not seem to help him and you know it because uh, as a defensive coordinator when you know you have a rookie quarterback you're gonna go get him I know it I see a smile on your face
1: right now you're gonna go get him I know it we're gonna go get him and we're all gonna show we're gonna show him looks that he hasn't seen on film, he hasn't played against us before. So we have a code word that we call Bogey, B O G E Y, and the Bogey is an 11-man disguise on Here We Come. And it can be coming from all different directions and I thought that they that you know Baltimore did a very good job on several of those sometimes confusing pre-snap looks and that affects the confidence of a veteran but especially a rookie.
0: All right, guys, thank you so much, and thank you to J.T. Montrose of Montrose Auto Group. We're going to take our next break, and when we come back, we'll bring in Blake Williams to give us some of his insights and lead us through bets. Welcome back to the Hanford-Dixon show. I'm Gabriella Cruz, and we are joined by Coach Greg Williams and his son. We got Blake Williams in studio again this week to tell us about some of his insights on the game. There's so much for us to dissect here. Um, Blake, anything that you can give us about your reaction to the game?
4: Yeah, thank you, I mean, I appreciate it. I wish it was on, you know, better, like we all do, right, on (laughs) Victory Monday. Um, You know, I think... The game, the score was it was more separated, I think, to a degree than 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 it was. I think especially on the defense side of thing. We were talking earlier about, uh, you know, we were kind of getting spoiled in this early season with how well the defense is playing, right? You sit there and you think like, oh man, the defense was bad today, right? And I'm not saying that they were great, but you look up and you say 296 yards, you know, given up, and uh, and four of 12 on third down. And You're saying, okay, well. That's pretty good if you're average, that's top three if you're averaging that across an entire season. Um, but just some of those things I think you see with Baltimore and how they run the ball um, and and some things on the edges, which you, where you can attack the the wide nine at times, you know that that leaked out a couple ways.
0: Yeah, what is it about Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews that makes them kill the Browns together? Lamar is seven and two as a starter versus the Browns. Mark Andrews has nine touchdowns in the nine games that Lamar has started versus Cleveland.
1: Big thing is, is that uh, as an offensive coordinator, and then as the quarterback, you want to see where that matchup's coming from, and uh, when he has capitalized on it, he has capitalized on that more in the man-to-man style of schemes on those plays, and they like the matchup with the tight end mark on a linebacker or on a safety over, say, some like a nickel or a corner. And they did capitalize on that. And I did have, had a couple plays there in zone coverage, too, to where uh, they had the ability to find the window and get it in there. But they understand the matchup, and uh, they went right at it, and, and it was a quick throw, too, most of them.
0: Time to put this game behind us. Let's switch gears a little bit. We're calling this our coach's corner here. And I don't know if you guys saw, but this viral video of UAB's head coach, Trent Dilfer. <laughs> okay, he went... Viral for for basically blowing up on his coaching staff after an illegal substitution penalty. You guys saw the video.
2: Yep, you know what I I, I, I was really shocked. Yeah. I was really really shocked when I watched that because uh, obviously if the coach the coaches screwed up, I mean. I, I, there's a way to do things i mean you want you want to jump him you want to talk about him wait till you get inside wait till you get private wait till you get him in your office or something but you don't do that me personally in front of uh, the whole world in front of the whole staff in front of the other team and coach I, I i'm curious to hear you talk about that i mean you don't have to really get into it mm-hmm. unless you want to uh, uh, if that something like that has ever happened to you or if you ever had to address another coach like that, but uh, I want to hear your comments. Well, the biggest
1: thing in the world is this, is that you can be upset, and stress does crazy things to us, all right? You can be upset, and Trent was stressed, no doubt about that. But Trent caused a bigger confusion. Trent caused more of a distraction than whatever happened on the result of that play. Right, wrong, or indifferent, you can be however you want to be off the field in the meeting rooms and the staff meetings and all that kind of stuff is, but don't set your team back, okay, by having to fight through that, okay, on on those type of situations. And, Blake, you know, you've seen that with me. You've been that before too is, is I'm not going to be that way unless, okay, you violate my space. And you know
2: what really makes me mad, guys? What really makes me mad, not just uh, the way Trent acted, but when when I see uh, a player – um, you know, if if a player's got a problem, you don't run up and down the sideline where you're uh, uh, hissy fit, you know, where you, you just let everybody see that you're upset and you're trying to show up your quarterback or you're trying to show up uh, another player or something like that, or you're trying to show up a coach. I don't like that. That there's a certain place for all this. I mean, it is not in a public eye. If you got a problem with me, or if I have a problem with you, I'm not gonna go up to you and try to uh, embarrass you, or, or or try to pick a fight with you on the sideline in front of everybody else. That's something we will talk about in private. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Do you think that it's as, from an efficiency standpoint, it can't be more efficient to make all that scene. And and then think that your players are going to respond and be calm under pressure. Would or do you think that for some coaches it works?
4: No, I, I completely agree with you that. I mean, that's where my mind goes. And like I, I'm not sitting over here saying that I I, I was Dalai Lama yeah. <laughs> as a as yeah. a coach. I mean, I, I was intense. You know, and could get intense as well too. But that is how I coached. Right. So I always coached through the mind of might be personally that they're watching us, right? So we, we spend all this time critiquing them, telling them how, not just their fundamentals and their technique, right? But but how we want them to react under pressure, how we want them to do things and whatnot. And then no different than any of us have you know, kids in here, they're, they're watching you. Are, are you setting that example under stress? Are you setting that example that you're demanding them to 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 adhere to. And
2: I don't have a problem mm-hmm. if it, say for instance if we're on the field say I blow a coverage or something you're, I'm just saying, for instance, you're my coach. If I mm-hmm. blow a coverage or something, I don't have a problem with you coming to me and you saying something to me like really, really that mm-hmm. I deserve. But, mm-hmm. but as long as I hear it, and I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I, know you put, I know you're I know you mad at me. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I th- that's going to get across to me like there. Mm-hmm. But not just uh, the way these guys do all the stuff in public. And
1: I, I've been very select with uh, never, ever you know, confronting a player, no matter how hot and how mad I am, because – I know the player didn't do it on purpose. He didn't because I did. maybe I didn't coach him well enough. But the thing about it is, is the day after the game, I may make you feel bad for five days. But the day of the game, that's not helping us win. we got to correct the problem. I understand that. But let's not put more stress, which is going to restrict our opportunity to win a close game on players or coaches in that way do it in the locker room do it in the staff meeting the next day i've had some very interesting conversations in the staff meeting the next day with coaches that are in that room right there that did things the way i said we would never do okay I have to make the right example because I set the parameters and set the principles to everybody else, and now you go off the record. you got to be careful with that.
0: And, Coach, I think you nailed it earlier, too, when you said stress makes you do crazy things. And, Blake, I'm sure you can attest to this, since you said Mm -hmm. you have an intense style, too. But what is some advice for a a coach like that on maybe utilizing – they always say between stimulus and response there's a pause. Mm -hmm. How do – how do you utilize that pause when the heat of the moment is there? Go Blake.
4: Yeah, I, I was saying I'm gonna take this out of, this is where my mind went when I watched it live and uh, out of his playbook, and he kind of just alluded to it is, is what are you doing in the on the practice field? What are you doing in the meeting room? All these things that you know are gonna come up in games, right? So like I've seen him on exactly what happened with Trent go off maybe like that on the practice field or in the meeting room, right? But never on game day when it happens. So try to get it. Have you done everything you could to get it addressed okay. ahead of time? And does everybody know exactly what you wanted and what you expe- and what was expected, right? Or did you just all of a sudden now you're reactionary on game day? But you need to look back and say, okay, in my, in my environment, in our practice environment, did I make it clear what I want and every single time this happened in practice or the meetings did I address it right there on the spot or did I bless it did I maybe create this ah, by looking the other way and now I'm reacting where I'm saying what the heck you know on game day and I look at it more like what the heck like I saw that on Monday or right. I saw that in OTAs yeah, and you look yeah, the other way yeah. and so I mean I think we need to think about that sometimes especially in leadership positions
2: you know what guys I, I want to go around the uh, AFC North real quick here and uh, obviously Cincinnati lost a Big big game. Ooh, yeah. I was shocked. I don't know about you guys, but I like to hear your comments on this. Cincinnati, what was it? Twenty seven three. I think mm-hmm. it was that they lost to Tennessee. Were you guys shocked? And then Pittsburgh, the Steelers lost. So what were you guys thinking on that, Blake? Yeah, what, I mean
4: Blake? it was it was that style of day. day. <laughs> Unfortunately, we
2: were on the end of that as well
4: too in the AFC North. The Ravens were the only ones that came out on top. Um, you know, I think part of it was Tennessee. You know, kind of getting up after that. Whooping, you know, we put him on the, the, the previous week. You know, the pride um, in, in in this league. Um, I don't know that I'm not sold on like the Joe Burrows. You know, healthy. Um, I think the if you look at it, is Joe Bur- Burrow really healthy? Kenny Pickett wasn't right. Deshaun Watson wasn't right. And so was that? Was it? A, is there is there maybe a little bit of an issue in the AFC North right now at the at the quarterback depth? Maybe, right. you know, people have over-leveraged, so to say, at the starters, and you hope he, he stays healthy. And so that that's kind of what I saw this past weekend. And
1: there's no doubt in my mind that Vrabel, you know, got in the middle of their ass all <laughs> week long. Okay, There's no doubt that he was on them hard all week, and it did not shock me that they came out that way to show a physical presence. And he knew that he had somebody that was going to stay in the pocket and not try to escape here we come and it started on first down how they played the run and then here they came after him and then obviously you know the pittsburgh situation there too you know they uh didn't win the line of scrimmage and those are some of kind of the kind of things and a physical presence especially with the as you know hand too you know pittsburgh's always had that very physical, dominant presence about him. And Mike Tomlin has done a very good job with that. They got knocked back several times yesterday and didn't respond very well. And he said there's going to be changes up there, but you're talking about Tennessee. I mean, they got
2: Derrick Henry going. He finally got Mm -hmm. going. They gave him the ball. 22 carries he (laughs) had for over 122 yards. So got that big back going. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I was really shocked. And you hit it, Blake. The Baltimore Ravens right now should be 4-0. 4-0. and Let's face it, they should be 4-0. and They lost the game uh, last week, and that game was on them. And they'll be the first one to tell you, and I won't even talk about <laughs> something happened during the coaching, during that game where I think uh, Harbaugh made a little, uh, little mistake of boo-boo during that ball game. But they should be 4-0 and right now in this AFC
1: North, man. We got to get it going.
0: Yeah, now that we've seen the Browns play all three of them, what order do you think they'll all finish in?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it's still way too early. I don't take a look at that. But, you know, on the order it's going to be is that we take it one week at a time and you're looking looking to be 1-0 this week. And then I even uh, emphasize it to the players is 1-0 today. Did we, did we win today? Did we win today? Did we win today? we got to stack up our days of preparation Stack up our days of meetings so that when we get to the competition day, now we're 1-0 with how we've addressed all week.
0: And now we're headed into the bye week. What does a typical NFL bye week really look like? How much time do the players get off?
1: Well, I have another, you know, whole philosophy page in, in the playbook <laughs> on how we go about doing it. And it kind of depends on whether it's early or whether it's late in the season. Uh, but the biggest things in the world is is that we do a, a really good job on getting the, modi, uh, the body and the mind back in shape, all right, and making sure that we're doing some extra, you know, uh, Uh, resuscitations on their bodies and that kind of stuff. We don't have the practices be as long as intense, but we do a really deep, deep, deep dive of self-scout in every phase and every mannerism of what is the opponent taking a look at us going into this fist fight. How do they see us? But the biggest thing is getting the guys back restored and healthy as much as you can, and then make sure you understand that it's your job as a coach to make sure you're changing the picture up of what they think they're, that we're going to come out of this uh, bye week and how we're going to look.
2: And I think this bye is coming at a good time, but I would mm-hmm. prefer if you were to ask me and if I could choose the time. I would prefer it come a little bit later Me too. Uh, in the season. They I do. Mean, they
0: play 13 weeks in a row. Yeah, Blake, I After. think this
2: is a little early, don't you?
4: I, I totally think so, but I think that because of you see some of these especially key injuries early yeah. in the year, that it's probably happening at the right time. I Honestly, I think that probably factored into a little bit of Deshaun Watson not playing yesterday. Um, I'm not so sure if the bye wasn't a month from now. That he probably would have played yesterday. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but but the magnitude of that game. But saying, hey, buys early. We gotta we gotta get him healthy for this 13 game run.
1: And here's another thing. I and I've done a deep dive into this every every season. You know, it really started back when I was a head coach of the Bills, is that um, I do a deep dive in the first quarter, the first four weeks of a season, on how many soft tissue injuries occur, and it, ta- it again back when days when you were playing yeah, yeah. And back when I started <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. how hard training camps were uh-huh. you know training camps have gotten softer and camp. all of a sudden guys don't are not getting the tough type wear and tear on their bodies without having injuries but they come into the season and all of a sudden they're going full speed for the first time when they haven't been going to anything in training camp and preseason games and now these soft tissue injuries occur mm-hmm. okay it's very interesting to me to see. It did come at the right time, but I'm seeing more and more early in the season from all teams because they're not having guys play many much in preseason games.
0: Oh, yeah. Hopefully we're maximizing that downtime, getting everybody healthy on this bye week. We're going to come back with our betting segment after this, and I know, Blake, you're going to help us through it. Welcome back to the Hanford-Dixon show with the top dog, Hanford-Dixon, and we're joined by Greg Williams. We've also got Blake Williams in studio to help us through our betting segment here. We've got the Jaguars plus five at Bills. What do you think on over-under 48 points? Will this game go over-under you bills know, have scored the second most points in NFL this year.
2: You know what I got to say? Did you guys see those Bills and what they did to the Miami <laughs> Dolphins? I just I can't believe that. You talking about a a whipping? I mean Blake, a, uh, whipping. a whipping.
4: And I mean, and Vic Fangio and Vic Fangio's defense and some of those players that got down there. I mean, it was it was a whipping. They put it on him. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a little bit of a surprise, especially coming on the backs of that. 50 point route, you know, the week before the right. Miami
1: had, you know, but. Coach, did you see that coming? I, I did not see that coming. Yeah. I, I thought the Bills would win. That's just my mm-hmm. personal opinion. Me and going back to being a Bills coach and everything, too. But anytime you go up to Buffalo, and uh, there's a home field advantage there, too. Uh, but I thought they did a very good job. I thought Sean McDermott did an outstanding job on how he adjusted some of the defensive things that he was doing to capitalize on push away some of the things that came up in the denver game the week before but uh that was a big game it was a big big game now what was the bet now gab
0: okay uh, okay I, I was so excited about <laughs> it
2: over that, under 48 right 48 over or
0: under 48 jaguars are plus yeah. five at bills
2: Ooh, how can you not go with those bills <laughs> i mean the way they're playing right now you, you know it's funny because we were all looking at them and we were having some doubt about them during the first two games of the season but uh they're coming back and showing us that they are still the bills so I I think the bills are.
4: I you know, I think so too, and I'm gonna definitely take the take the over on yeah. that. I mean, I yeah. think I think we're gonna be getting close, pushing closer to sixty combined.
2: Crazy. A lot of points. Mm-hmm. A lot of points. As a as a defensive player, you don't like that, uh-huh. but but uh, but I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. He's selling <laughs> it
0: like it is. All right, Ravens minus three and a half at Steelers. Who are you taking? Um, who should the Browns fans be pulling for in this?
2: Well, I mean, Thanks I don't think hard. we should be pulling for either one, but uh, we have <laughs> to, we have to pick one of them, but I think the way the Ravens are playing right now, I got to go with them because it, and you look at it, I think coach Harbaugh, I, I I mean, as far as a coach that's coaching players that uh you know, with all these players on the injured list, mm-hmm. he seems to just plug player after player after player into that position, and these guys still play well. I mean, they really do. Think how scary they're going to be if and when they get all those guys back uh, that are on the injured list. But I mean, the Ravens. I think the Ravens. I,
4: I agree with you. And to that point, I mean, that's that. That's like the holy grail. That's what you're trying to do in when you create your 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 team and your organization. That you you get it to that level of of maturity in that in depth but i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take the ravens too and gab to answer your question i mean i think mathematically you got to say the steelers that to pull for in this right i mean they're they're the ones behind right now you gotta gotta knock somebody's gotta knock the ravens you know back down you know and get us a little closer in that but i'm gonna take the ravens Uh, in that one
2: excuse me you said who you're she said, "Hey, you got to
1: pick. Are you gonna root for the <laughs> hey, Ravens? Hey, or are you gonna root hey, for the
2: Steelers? And no, you and I, mean, I, you and I, we're not rooting. A, we're not rooting. <laughs> we're
1: not. Okay, we're
2: not rooting for the <laughs> one.
4: Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. A tie. That, that's good. <laughs> hey, if tie. they could both lose, we'd figure that out. <laughs>
1: I could deal with a tie. Okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's
0: good." All right, fellas, Cowboys plus three and a half at 49ers. It's a big game this week. Over under 45 Ooh, and a half points. Woo!
2: You talking about a big game. That is a big game. Uh, Blake, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'm going to uh, – that's another one. I'm, I think I'm going to take the uh, the over on that.
4: When you see – and that's that's – Crazy, a little bit, I think, because of how dominant both defenses are playing. I mean, th- both defenses are playing super dominant, and they're loaded with so much high-end talent. Um, but I think the, the the issues that both of these two offenses present, I think they're going to get over, you know, you say like 24-27, right? 21-24, that range. Well, that that you're, you're in the over there, so I'm going to go over.
2: You know what? I, 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 I'm— Really, I don't know who's going to win this ball game. When you look at it, did you guys see uh, Dad Prescott in his press conference? I mean, he was an angry Dad. I mean, I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> he, scored, he, he scored.
1: He scored a. He scored yeah. a bonus point yeah. for me. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I liked it. You
2: just won again. Yeah, you're I like. I liked.
1: He, I liked he was kidding. pissed off <laughs> yeah. immediately. That's. Let's start the week I now. Mean, he <laughs>
2: was
4: ready. Uh, I thought it was <laughs> tongue in cheek at first, and then he said it three more times. Yeah. I know. Oh, no. He's.
2: He's hey. like, thank you. I appreciate yes, you. off. That's what I needed right there yes i appreciate you (laughs) but boy that is the game of the week i mean that's a big big game and Mm -hmm. uh, i agree with you i i I think both of these teams are playing really really well right now where is that game is it in dallas or or is it uh, at San Francisco, I'm not Do we sure. Know? Well, it does it's in, yeah at 49ers. at 49ers is that 49ers? Right. That's going to be a big, big game, and it will um, be. I'm, mm. but you got to, you got to go with the 49ers. I think. I think they're playing. Uh, I think they're playing extremely well. Dallas, uh, still, they've only lost one ball game. They're playing extremely well. Their defense is playing well, and but it's going to be tough. But it's going to be a big, big game, and I think the 49ers is the ones that's going to. How long has it
4: been since we've had that though? Like the the forty-nine I mean that's what I think of like when I was growing up, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, when I was growing up as a kid watching those dominant 49ers in Dallas days, so I think it's kind of a little nostalgic and pretty cool to see them back, like, battling for the preeminence in the NFC again, you know what I mean? Well,
2: Blake, I grew up in a little small town right outside of Mobile, Alabama, a little town called Theodore. I used to call it the door to to Mobile. My wife still
4: has her 251 area code. Yeah, my man! My man! (laughs) (laughs) The
2: door to Mobile is what I call it, and uh, speaking of those Dallas Cowboys, growing up, I always liked the Dallas Cowboys. That was my... uh, that was my favorite team growing up. And oh,
0: country boy. Well,
2: yeah. now wait a minute now. I
0: you? know, I, this, is, I, I, this is your words. I mean, Where's your little song with it? Where's your little song? Some people, people say, say I'm no
2: good. Don't get me into it, bro. You know, I, Go. It, I can get it going if I want to now. But.
0: Oh, man, we'll have more of Hanford singing right after that. That is was a wrap for our, our BETS segment. Thanks a lot, Blake. Thank you. Welcome back to the Hanford-Dixon show with the top dog Hanford-Dixon. We've got Greg Williams and Blake Williams in studio. It's our two-minute warning, fellas. So any final thoughts, maybe uh, interest from games around the league that you'd like to recap?
2: Yeah, I I, want to talk to the guys about that uh, New York Jazz game. I mean, because uh, first of all, I want to talk about this poor kid. I mean, uh, Zach Wilson, I mean, his kid has just been getting killed, guys. I mean, everybody's coming after him. Um, um, I mean, he's saying he don't, does not deserve to be in the league. And But I thought last night, I thought the kid played extremely well, guys
1: go blake
4: yeah i mean i i agree that he played really well in fact it's funny i forgot that the game was actually on because i was hosting the uh in the 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 big light the night event last night and we get home we turn on the tv you know he and i and all of a sudden i hear bryce huff bryce huff and I'm, that that's my guy that's yeah. my that's my dog i mean yeah. i uh i was his position coach um i actually coached him at the east west shrine game he was an undrafted guy didn't even get invited to the combine and mobile guy yeah he's from mobile yeah. and i was like this guy is legit and so i fought 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 to get him brought on as a as an undrafted free agent um there and and i look up and he's you know just caused the safety you know and and then now he's you know caused an interception and then he gets a sack you know and then quentin williams you know because i coached that that defensive front was was hunting up front and it was really awesome to see but zach i mean he he flipped a switch you know there especially in the second half and really performed really well i mean against a really good team they were down 17 to nothing so seventeen to nothing in this league, like what yeah. you got to do to come back from that, especially in that environment, Sunday night football, I mean, that's not easy, right? And and he did a heck of a job, you know, clawing him back and it was just a little bit too short. But I was proud of watching those guys on my guys on the defensive front, huh? It was seventeen
1: to nothing early in the second quarter. And the fact of what they were able to do defensively and then what Zach mm-hmm. was able to calm himself down. I thought Hackett did a good job on setting him up to be quick with these throws and all that kind of stuff. They were able to run the football against Kansas City at times when other people have not been able to do that. They took uh, advantage of some of the man-to-man and some of the pressure pressure matchups that Spags was coming after him on. I was uh, very impressed with how Zach played last night. Uh, I think he bounced back, and that is the next step. People can say whatever they want about you. People can say all this kind of stuff is, but can you answer the bell when the bell rings? He answered the bell and he did it right. So let's continue to build from that. And uh, it was a a big time performance. You hate losing. I don't care. You don't say that's fun losing. But it was, okay, a step in the right direction for Zach and the Jets offense. And I'll say this, the kid took ownership
2: of that loss too, mm-hmm. because now what you could do is you'll ask these players, um, you know wh- what happened, and they'll say, no, he didn't lose the ball game. We lost the ball game, and they'll put it on them. They'll say we lost the ball game.
0: Taking the accountability. Blake, take us out on a high note here. How yeah. did MCing Light the Night go?
4: It was an amazing event. Um, we were there. WKYC was there with a the team um, for, for Jimmy. Yak was on stage and, and got to talk with him a little bit to the crowd, but it was amazing. I mean, A few thousand people there i mean it was electric you could feel it it was a very powerful event
2: and i could not believe
1: how many people was there it was not only not only was the people there but the attitude and the giving and the interest was there you did a great job but i will tell you what i'm so happy that all the people that showed up there it was a great deal
0: thanks so much for giving us your recap and for joining us in studio the top dog hanford dixon Greg Williams and Blake Williams. That'll do it for this week, and we'll see you next time.